Hey, hello friends, and welcome to this message which is specially handpicked to minister to you and to bless you. I am Pastor Lincoln Seranga, Senior Pastor here at Liberty Christian Fellowship in London. My passion is the pursuit of 100% answered prayer. If that sounds like a good subject to you, why don't you follow me at lincolnseranga.com and also find me on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram and other social media where you will be able to find other messages as well as find access to short courses, coaching opportunities and more. God bless you as you listen to this message. Uh, let me get into my message because I'll probably cover what I want to say else in my message. And uh, uh, so um, I want to speak, I've, I've struggled to give this a subject. Uh, but uh, my subject is the tipping point, spiritual tipping point. Spiritual tipping point. Now I want to, to, dis to describe the phenomenon and uh, explain what I mean by spiritual tipping points. Let me just put myself ready here. So, tipping points. Father, help us to hear your heart now by your word uh, being preached. May your spirit uh, capture this moment, captivate my tongue and my mind and take me even places that I didn't go in my preparation. What I know is you're speaking about tipping points, spiritual tipping points. And I know that many people here are being moved and huddled towards a tipping point, a spiritual tipping point. And we are ready to go all the way, Father. We ask that you activate and energize us to go to new levels. In Jesus' name, amen. Matthew 17, verse 14 to 21 and we shall read Matthew 17 verse 14 to 21 and when they had come to the multitude a man came to him kneeling down to him and saying this is to Jesus Lord have mercy on my son for he is an epileptic and suffers severely for he often falls into the fire and often into the water so I brought him to your disciples, but they could not cure him. And Jesus answered and said, Oh, faithless and perverse generation, how long shall I be with you? How long shall I bear with you? Bring him here to me. And Jesus rebuked the demon, and it came out of him, and the child was cured from that very hour. Then the disciples came to Jesus privately and said, Why could we not cast it out? And Jesus said to them, Because of your unbelief. For assuredly I say to you, If you have faith as a mustard seed, you will say to this mountain, Move from here to there, and it will move. And nothing will be impossible for you. <laughs> What a dangerous verse. Nothing will be impossible for you. However, this kind does not go except by prayer and fasting. 
Friends, the reality is this. The Bible is crazy. Christianity. <laughs> huh? the, the Jesus type of Christianity is something we are still struggling to find. And I wish we could wake up to that realization that the product that Jesus came to launch, we are still figure, trying to figure out how it works. He says, he says, <laughs> he says, you, 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 can speak to a mountain and reallocate. Hmm? <laughs> you can't, you can't. No, we, we, we learn to read the Bible in passive ways and say, oh yeah, oh yeah, that's a mountain. Because you, you've, tr you've tried to move a, a, a molehill, you've tried to mirror, move an anthill, and it is still where it was. So you begin to, to think this was a parable. But Jesus is saying, nothing will be impossible. <laughs> this continues to be the drive of my life. I am looking for impossible Christianity. I'm looking for next level church. I'm looking for the real product. Forget cheap gimmicks and failed, pro, failed you know, uh, imitations. I hope you continue to be hungry <laughs> for this kind of life. My goodness. Yeah, but that verse serves to me as a backdrop for the things I want to speak about. So I want to speak about the tipping point. Now, the concept is quite common. The language is popular, tipping point. Uh, that phrase is used in business, it's used in chemistry, it's used in physics, it's used in... in um, sociology and all kinds of, of, of scenarios. Uh, but it's been, it's been popularized as a phrase. Let me explain what a critical mass or tipping point is. Tipping point is the point past which something changes, whether it likes it or not. Yeah? Now, let me use the, 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 the lectern here as an example that if I tip it, it will come back naturally by gravity. Yeah? But tipping point is where I push it and continue pushing it until it cannot recover. The point at which it cannot come back is the tipping point. Then it will fall over. Do you understand? That's the concept of a tipping point. And the, the reality is all life functions on the tipping point principle. Everything has a moment where it cannot remain the same. And so whether it's a temperature, you must reach a frequency, you must tune to, a regularity, you must practice. Education works on tipping point principle. You read something until you can, you can re re reproduce it. <laughs> you know? Hair works on tipping point. There's a temperature, for example, in those hot comb days. You guys, these days, hot combs are plugged in the mains. But growing up in Africa, we used charcoal. You take a hot comb and you put it in there. And it must get hot enough, just enough, not to burn the hair, but to straighten it. Because at a certain temperature, the protein in the hair must bow to the heat. You understand? Tipping point. Now, if it's not hot enough, you put it through and the hair is not going anywhere. 
tipping point. Everything is on tipping point. Everything works on tipping point. To break through, you must do something enough. Then it will submit. Hmm? See these guys playing. I was enjoying the bus. Uh, uh, the bus today came in not pl planning to play bass. I told him, the bus, are you going to play? He said, I might as well. So he jumped onto the bass. Did you hear the bass rumbling today? I was just enjoying. I was enjoying the bus today. He just played. He had a ball of a time. The songs were right. But you see, you watch somebody playing. And they're even looking away from the instrument because they passed the tipping point. They played and played and practiced and practiced until they develop what is called muscle memory. Uh, you expose your brain so much to a truth, to a practice, to a habit that it becomes subconscious. You don't even have to look there. You look, you look at Evie playing here. Evie has had to learn to play um, uh, keyboards, it's just been a few years where she, she moved from just singing to actually playing and leading the worship team. Everything has a tipping point. Uh, a, a book suitably called the same by the same title, the, tip, the Tipping Point by Malcolm Gladwell. Have you heard of Malcolm Gladwell? Uh, arguably a Christian, I don't know. But uh, he wrote a beautiful book called The Tipping Point. And he was making the point that you must do something until. And he found, uh, not him, but researchers have found that you must do something for 10,000 hours as a skill for it to finally bow. And so, uh, in some of the um, examples he gives, he gives many different examples, but he, he talks about the success of the Beatles as a band. Remember the Beatles? Some of you don't even know the Beatles. Who doesn't know the Beatles? Everybody knows the Beatles. Very ancient band. But you see, the Beatles did not become great because they just fumbled into greatness. He said the Beatles played songs and played songs and wrote songs more than other bands. And so they broke through into a realm of musicality and then they became famous. But they were doing little gigs here and there and everywhere, writing songs. Some were never sung because they were not good enough. But they stayed in the field until the field bowed down. Now look across to your neighbor and ask them, have you passed any tipping points? <laughs> huh? <laughs> tipping <laughs> Yeah, so I just have a sense some Christians have never crossed the Christian tipping point. You know? After getting saved and saying, My name is written in the book of life, there is a tipping point where a believer goes too far <laughs> and something snaps. And it doesn't stop on one thing. You, you have to set new targets. Keep pressing on. Keep hungering. Keep desiring. Pushing for tipping points. Say, this one I must conquer. This one I must overcome. And you push and push and push and push and push. Until bang. Something happens. 
there is a tipping point for everything. Can you say it after me? There is a tipping point for everything. Yeah. So, you know, prayer, prayer, you pray past a tipping point every time. It's a tipping point where past a certain level you are in the flow. Things just begin to flow and happen. And actually in prayer, sometimes there's two, three tipping points. And they are all marked by time. We're just talking here. I'm just trying to introduce my subject and make my point. Jesus prayed and prayed and prayed. I remember just before his crucifixion, Gethsemane, came back, found guys sleeping. Hmm? And he went back and prayed and prayed. An angel came to him after the third time. He prayed until he downloaded an angel. Yeah? This was a critical moment in his journey as a man. He was at the gate of the purpose of his life. Do you understand? For this reason, he was born. Jesus was born into the earth to redeem us from our sins. How was he going to do it? Through a crucifixion act. Through a crucifixion event. And now the moment was come. And it was all too much. Too much pressure. The vividity of being hunted by the, the, the authorities. Knowing that it was not going to be a turn back. He knew this was the moment. And he was breaking up. He was breaking up. Because he was fully God and fully man. The human side of him was overwhelmed. And he had to pray past the tipping point. I don't know what I'm talking about. I don't know what I'm talking to today. But some of us throw in the towel before the tipping point. Some of us write ourselves off. <laughs> and you think this is as good as I am. No, you have no clue. You have no clue. I keep telling people these days, if you are born again, you are dangerous. Because as far as God is concerned, you are the creme de la creme. You were hand-picked, elected. There is something about you that God saw eternally before. And he wrote your name in the book of life. And he said, that one. That one. That we are called the elect. There is a capacity in an elected person. A spiritually elected person to do exploits. This is what Jesus is pointing out here. That you guys, how long am I going to bear with you? He's come down from the mountain of transfiguration. There's a problem to solve. There's a boy who's demonized. And guys are struggling. And I say, come on, guys. I've been talking to you. He's talking to the disciples. He says, how long am I going to bear with you? Bring the boy to me. Let me show you what a man who lives past the tipping point functions like. The Bible says he gave one order. One command. And then he explains to them, you see, these do not go except <laughs> by prayer and fasting. You guys have not prayed past the tipping point. That's why the Spirit was saying, that one will recover. <laughs> Amen? Lift up your hand if you want to be a tipping point believer. Yeah? Past the tipping point. Past the tipping point. May God activate, particularly now, Particularly now, in the midst of uncertainty, you see, the Lord spoke to me yesterday. Because you see, uh, you come to a point and say, Lord, exactly what's going on now? We, we just want to open our churches and get on with our business. And, and God was saying to me, walk in uncertainty. 
Hmm. Okay, in this uncertainty, find me in the mist. Find me in this time. Yeah, I know we want prophets to tell us it's going to go away in two weeks. Oh, no disaster shall come upon your house. We want all that stuff. But God is saying, ah, 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 walk into it hmm? and confront it and walk through it and upgrade your life until fear disappears. Yeah? Do the necessary upgrades here until fear dies. Until money shows up, until, until, until you are protected and delivered and you are no longer afraid. Let me not go too far ahead. Okay. Let me, let me now move from critical... What was I talking about? Talking about tipping point. Move from tipping point to critical mass. It's the same concept. Have you heard of critical mass? Critical mass, again, is the point of no return. Now, again, let me use this lectern that I'm, I'm speaking from. Critical mass is about weight. The word mass is about how much of something. How much of something. So, this, this lectern is made of perspex and aluminium. Yeah? There's a bit of plastic there. But you see, uh, this podium is actually adjustable. Ah, I should have worked this illustration. Let me not try. Because if I could undo it, I would have undone it for you. Because you can slide it up. But one time when we had just bought it, I got excited and I leaned on it and I was preaching and it went zing. <laughs> because you see, I was, I was pushing it too hard for, for how well tensioned it was here. So it went down. It could not take my weight. So it went down. At a certain point of weight, it had to give. Yeah. Uh, but the, the principle goes further. I could now jump and stand on this pulpit and it may carry my weight. But a point comes when it cannot because the weight has gone beyond critical mass for it. So critical mass is the point at which something cannot stand the weight anymore. So if you keep heaping kilos and kilos and kilos and kilos on top of this, at a certain point, bang, this surface will crack because you have passed critical mass. Now, critical mass is used again as a principle, and um, I was reading on um, in the world of, um, of business, critical mass is the point at which a growing company becomes self-sustaining and no longer needs additional investment to remain economically viable. Did you catch that? <laughs> so this is business critical mass. A company comes to a point where it is gone you know you're trying to push this company push this company put some money in it's not breaking through it's not breaking through then you come to a place where you've put just enough and bang it begins to fly because you've come to critical mass investment so in business the term is used in physics i explained and weight how uh, something will collapse under certain weight uh, but I want, to, I want to go into nuclear physics. Do you want a bit of nuclear physics? Yeah. <laughs> nuclear physics is the science of, um, of uh, nuclear, uh, the, how, uh, the whole thing of nuclear bombs and nuclear energy. Let me talk to, talk to you as I, as, I, as I bring this to, 
to, to a sort of a climax. Now, in nuclear physics, is also what is called critical mass. Critical mass in nuclear physics is what is needed, how much material, how much nuclear material is needed for a chain reaction to happen and not die. For it to become exponential. For there to be a breakthrough in nuclear physics. Listen to where technology is going. I heard recently that the vision of nuclear energy is for every household to have a nuclear reactor, your own personal one. Instead of waiting for um, <laughs> British gas and electricity to supply you, you buy a box or you subscribe to a box. The box will fit in the palm of your hand. And it has a nuclear material in it. You put it in your house and you will never need electricity again. It is not connected to anything. A reaction is going on in the box. And that reaction is eternal. Virtually. <laughs> because the byproducts are also nuclear. And so the nuclear reaction does not stop. They say the science is in place. They are just working on it. They are trying to develop. It needs a lot of investment and a lot of refining before we can run a home on a nuclear, <laughs> on nuclear energy. Are you there? They say it's the, it will be the cleanest form of, of energy because all the waste is in the box and the, the waste is nuclear. And so the nuclearity continues to nuclearize and to provide you <laughs> energy. Ah, are you, have you survived that? Okay. <laughs> now, you're saying, what is nuclear science? Guys, I'm, I'm, I'm trying to show you something here. And God help me to navigate this. Now, at 8.15 a.m., August the 6th, 1945, the first nuclear bomb was dropped on the world. 1945, August 6th, 8.15 a.m. Some people were still having breakfast. Hiroshima in Japan. If plane dropped one bomb. Now, you need to watch the world. Well, some of us are too insulated from real world events. But guys, it was unfair to live in the 45s, 1945s. In Europe, in America, in Japan, it was a horrible world. I recommend it to you. The World War II in Color on Netflix will change your mind. It's a series. Blow your mind as you see the, the events that have shaped our world. But on that day, the bowels of a plane open over Hiroshima and this bomb descends. Uh, this bomb detonated uh, about one, they say what, about 1,800 feet above the ground in Hiroshima. Arguably, from that moment, the world war was over. The world war was over, technically. One bomb. <laughs> After many people have died, 
in trenches with bombs and bullets. Someone said, can we try and find victory and stop this crazy war which was sparked off by the Nazis and, and Hitler and all that rubbish? One moment. One bomb explodes over Hiroshima and it levels practically a square mile. A square mile of buildings were blown out in an instant. Hmm? The rest of the city was hit by such physical and chemical catastrophe that virtually the whole city was wiped out. Yeah? Listen. That bomb had 64 kilograms of nuclear material. 64 kg. But it gets more interesting. What actually detonated was one kilogram. It is incredible to think. And I brought a kilo to show you what a kilo looks like. I asked Apollo to find me one kilo of rice. One kilo. <laughs> this is all it took to destroy the city of Hiroshima. This was it. One, actually, to be more accurate, it was 1.09 kilograms <laughs> of nuclear material detonated. Now, when I say a packet that fits in my hand will run your bills, will run your house <laughs> forever, you, you need to understand the level of energy we are dealing with in a nuclear reaction. But you see, critical mass still comes to pass in this matter. This is what happens in the nuclear material. They say you must have enough. You must have just enough weight for it to become a chain reaction. If it is not enough nuclear material for a particular purpose, the reaction will end and nothing will happen. Nothing huge will happen. So even in nuclear, nuclear physics, we talk about critical mass. And so, for the manufacturers of um, that atom bomb, which was dropped, regrettably looking back at the loss of life, 60 to 80,000 people died instantly. When I say instantly, when this kilogram, I go a little into the science of how nuclear reactions happen. But um, when... When, a when the nuclear bomb went off, the temperature, the heat it creates, made people vanish. They just went... <laughs> Bones, skin, hair, everything just <laughs> vanished into smoke. There was no time to burn. <laughs> Are you there? There was no time to burn. <laughs> Gone. 60 to 80,000 people. Then there was a ripple of those whose skin were ripped off because they were far off and they looked down on themselves and their whole skin is going 
burning off them. Those who, whose arms blew off and, and people who died after that and the, the horrendous impact of a nuclear bomb. Uh, another, I think another 55,000 people died on top of that. So you're talking about um, over 130,000 people died in the city. Do you know why there's no war in the world? Properly. As in Russia is attacking Germany. <laughs> and the UK is attacking Russia. Do you know why? One kilo. <laughs> Everybody thinks if we start it, we are all gone. It will blow us all out. So, I, 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 today I decided I'm just going to converse with you guys. There is something about what is called a chain reaction. A chain reaction. When something goes into chain reaction. Now I want you to understand, uh, the science behind nuclear physics is this compound called uranium. There are others. But uranium is a very unstable compound. It is like this. <laughs> when you see people handling uranium, they, are, they walk. Because what actually happened at Hiroshima, one neutron, one, goes ping, and it hits another atom. That atom splits in two and goes ping, and then two hit four, four hit eight. And it just goes at a speed which is terrifying. And the energy released by one collision, by just one, is crazy. I don't know how God put an atom together. <laughs> you know you are sitting on atoms. You know you are sitting on atoms. You are wearing atoms. The power that put them together when God said, let there be. And ping, things, things became. Huh? The forces that govern the marriage of a proton and a neuron to create this thing here. Hmm? You only need one kilo. And it all came out of God's mouth in let there be. In saying let there be. <laughs> One kilo of that stuff can wipe out a square mile of people. Level buildings <laughs> just because it was detangled. The, the nu a nuclear reaction is about splitting atoms. And an atom splits, and because it has split, the splinters go and split others, and the nuclearity, the multiplication of that is the power of a nuclear reaction. And it was all put there by God. Are, are you catching something? But you see, you can't even know that power because... <laughs> It's, it's, it's contained. God put it in containment. 
But uranium shows us how crazy it can be. So when you hear people enriching uranium, hmm? because uranium needs to be enriched to come to that dangerous type, the one which was detonated over, over Hiroshima. Interestingly, um, the bomb was called Little Boy. <laughs> it was called Little Boy. <laughs> that was its name. It had a purpose. The purpose was to end the world war. Because people were dying and were going to continue dying until I don't know when. And there was a huge debate on whether it was morally right to do such a, a thing. Because after dropping the big boy, the, you guys need to watch the documentaries. Some of you did the history, I guess. You need to, to watch the documentary and see the will of the people. The Japanese. They said we are not surrendering when they run out of bombs on, in the airplane. The airplane becomes the bomb. So this guy will target you and accelerate. He himself dies with the airplane. The Japanese says we don't surrender. We don't quit. We are Japanese. And no one messes with us. Until somebody detonated that nuclear bomb. <laughs> And they then said, all right, then. <laughs> I said, okay. Because after the little boy, then they dropped another one at Nagasaki. That one was called Fat Boy. Fat Man. This one was Little Boy. The other one was called Fat Man. Lives were lost because most of them were just civilians, kids playing in the field. Which is the regrettable aspect. But you see, that the point of, 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 the, of it all is just fascinating. So, uh, now God put it on my heart. I got this vision, this sense of nuclear power. Got a sense of nuclear Christianity. Huh? You see, the difference, the difference between safe uranium and dangerous uranium are three neurons. Neutron. When you add three neutrons to the safe neutron, it becomes very unstable. Now it's a bomb. And that's why you hear, they have gone to attack Iraq Get those guys. They have nuclear weapons. Because they, they have become stewards of unsafe uranium. We cannot allow the world to steward it. Because we are all going to die. I want you to imagine nuclear life instead of nuclear death. Hmm? <laughs> I want you to understand that the call of God on the church is for us to steward nuclear life. For us to, to learn to walk with God in a way that detonates life over cities. And the entire neighborhoods are wiped out. Demonic neighborhoods. Are you, are you catching a vision? I believe there's such a thing as nuclear Christianity. I believe there's such a thing as nuclear faith. Jesus said, as we have read, if you have faith the size of a mustard seed, the real one, the real one, you don't need kilograms, uh, tons of, of, of faith. No, he says, no, no, no. When you find the real one, you just need the size of a mustard seed. And you will tell a mountain, get away from here and move to there. You relocate it to a particular coordinate by will. 
you give an order and he says nothing shall be impossible for you the one who says that to us is the one who created the nucleus and the proton which detonates the atom bomb I'm just stirring your heart. So allow me in the next few moments to give you four ways, four points that I believe are behind in nuclear Christianity. <laughs> oh my God. I have stood in moments where I have seen a chain reaction of the grace of God break out in a situation. And, bang, and you think, oh my God, what was that? I need to know how that works. I need to find out. What was that, Lord? Where things are shaped and things change and it's as mysterious as it is possible. Uh, my, my, this was just me meditating. So let me go through four things. I think I've over-preached over and I've run out of time. But these are things we talked about. They are not huge. Let me tell you, I, I, know, I know what it looks like. I've been there. Have you had, how many have had nuclear moments in the presence of God? Nuclear chain reactions of the grace of God and activations of supernatural movement. And you think, my God, what was that? And suddenly, ping, your debt, your debt is wiped away. Ping, a, a, a tumor disappears. A ping, uh, <laughs> and you think, what was that? How do I walk in that every day? My God, God, make us nuclear believers. May God make us such people. So I, I declare that we must give like for like. While a virus stampedes across our planet, planet, we are going to need to unlock nuclear Christianity. We need to move from air energy. This, this, have you seen the, the, <laughs> the, the wind farms? Hmm? You're trying to make electricity from a turbine. These air things which swing around. And you think, that, how, how many of them are we going to need before, before we need to, to, before we have enough power? Do you know this whole thing of electric cars is really going nowhere? We do not have enough electricity to charge the electric cars. If we got rid of all the diesel cars and the petrol cars, there would be not enough electricity to charge our cars. That problem they are pushing it into the future but because they also know there's nuclear <laughs> so it's time for nuclear Christianity how many are ready for nuclear Christianity but you see it comes down to the very same things that God calls us to do let me tell you for me what I have let me tell you what I have seen and sensed every time something amazing has happened are you ready let me say this in a few moments and we close this up number one Working as a nuclear believer, at the heart of it, number one, is the word identity. Who you are. I'm, I'm introducing you to the nuclear you. You see, you cannot take zinc and make an, a nuclear bomb. You need uranium. Uranium is one of the heaviest materials in the earth. That is why it is dangerous. And this chemical constituency is bad. The next most dangerous substance on the earth is called a believer. <laughs> huh? A little above uranium 
is a believer. Tell your neighbor, I am nuclear. Hmm? Identity, who you are. Now, I'm not general identity. First of all, is Christians. Christians are crazy people. Because they put their hand in the hand of omnipotence and have audience and access to the maker of heaven and earth. Don't you mess around with that neighbor. They can detonate a nuclear bomb. That neighbor of yours, if they could only find out where the button is. <laughs> you could only find the button. I believe it. That person, you, my friend, are stewards of nuclear power, spiritual nuclear power. So first of all, waking up to realizing that you are a steward of God himself, the maker of heaven and earth. He has moved into you. He has set up a dress in you. He dwells in you. He walks in you. He speaks through you. He thinks in you. The Bible says we have the mind of Christ. My God, we better wake up and understand. We, my friends, are stewards of nuclear power. The shame is, you see, the guys detonating it come to collect it from the poor countries and export it away. You know, people, people are sitting there, huh? 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 And, <laughs> we are vending off power because we don't know how to harness it. I don't know how to <laughs> incubate it. We are selling it at no cost. Are you there? So believers, my friends, we need to wake up and decode the thing we were given. We need to understand the Holy Spirit. We need to understand how the God of Israel works because there is no other answer. We are waiting for a vaccine, but there is a vaccine inside of you. There is. We are waiting for answers, but the answer, the answer giver is in us. But until you wake up and find out who you are once and for all. Because it starts with identity, my friend. Who exactly are you? Who exactly are you? Because everyone here is different. And every one of us, and you know, friend, let me tell you. You don't make the bomb. You are the bomb. You are the bomb. And like little boy was created to destroy Nagasaki. You were created to level some areas of life. You were created to be dropped. You are created by God to be dropped into certain scenarios. Some of you are atomic nuclear bombs for the business world. Some of you are supposed to build mansions. Some of you are supposed to pay people's debts. Some of us are created to heal the sick. Find out who you are. There is nothing as powerful as somebody who knows why they are here. Ah, somebody said, there are two big days in a person's life. The day they are born, and the day they find out why. Ah, I love that saying. <laughs> I love that saying. Oh, my days, why am I here? Because why am I here is my glory. My glory is in why I am here. And you see, you can answer that questions at different level, de levels. Of course, you are here to eat, to eat food. That is part of your purpose. But there's no glory in eating and consuming food. You know, we can define ourselves at different levels, but there are higher definitions. And each one of us needs to stick our head out of the holes that life tries to stick your head into. And try to gaze into the face of God because after finding out who you are, identity, yeah, 
Listen to this. Ephesians 2.10. It says, you are the workmanship of God. Yeah? This is Ephesians 2.10. I feel like I need another hour. Ephesians 2.10. He says, you are the workmanship of God. As in God sat down and worked you out. Very specifically. He fabricated you, put you together. You are the workmanship of God created in Christ Jesus for great good works that God ordained before. Hmm? Beforehand that you should walk in them. Even your assignment is clearly defined. Somewhere, somehow you are an answer. Somewhere, somehow, you are a key. Somewhere, somehow, you are the, 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 the answer, the, 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 the response that God manufactured in advance. So you cannot become something you are not created to be. So the first question, my friend, is identity. Who are you? What are you here for? Continue always to look in the face of heaven and ask, God, show me me introduce me to who i am define my assignment define because in my assignment i am atomic hmm? in my purpose i can do all things through christ who strengthens me nothing shall be impossible for me ah i wish i could preach all day today in who you are you are unstoppable in your purpose you are undestroyable in who god commands you to be all things are possible in your sphere in your area somebody shout amen if you are hearing me god's people so number one is identity number two as i'm saying is purpose 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 identity is who am i purpose is why am i why am i why am i why am i and that answer is bigger than covid 19 that answer is bigger than pneumonia. It's bigger than cancer. It is bigger than poverty and debt. It's bigger than obstacles in life. The why of me is the answer to the obstacles of my life. Come on, God's people. When you find the why of you, you can do all things through Christ who strengthens you. You can wake up from the dead. Your purpose can bring you back. So find out the who, find out the why. Continue to distill the why. Continue. Don't stop. I am 50, God knows what. <laughs> I am still finding out me. And the more me I find, the more stubborn I become. Against death, against destruction, against discouragement, against poverty. I am here for a purpose. I am not some byproduct of a biological accident in some bedroom. I am not some crazy man trying to find my share of the British economy. I am here deployed by God in advance of myself. Yeah? God first saw me. Hey, who am I talking to down here? Am I talking to down here? Sometimes you feel like a biological waste product in the earth. A devil is a liar. Devil is a liar. You are here for a purpose. And the God who made you is the one who put the atom and the neuron together with such force that taking them apart creates a crazy reaction. <laughs> huh? 
Now he says you are the workmanship of God created in Christ Jesus to do certain things on earth. And most of you don't have the budget for your dreams. It doesn't exist. Because you cannot compute it on a computer. You cannot fit it in an economy. You can only fit in a heart that knows. A heart that knows. And some of the things will never fit in your calculator. You think the, the microphone I'm holding and the roof over this head fits in a budget? We are past budgets. Come on, guys. Do you know we are past budgets? We are living, we don't even know what's going on. You look for the balance sheet. It does not balance. The income and expenditure does not exist. But you are walking. Yeah. <laughs> you are just walking. You are just walking. Yeah, Jesus says to Peter, come. And Peter is saying, wait a minute, gravity, according to the law of gravity <laughs> and the law of flotation, a body must displace the, the volume of water equivalent to its weight for it to float. Are you going to use the law of flotation? When Jesus is saying, come here, come, come, come. Are you here? I don't know who I'm talking to today. Some of us need to recover. From confining, constraining rubbish that is telling you to sit down and shut up. The Bible says we are created in Christ Jesus. The building material of the new creation is Jesus himself. Like God took the earth and formed Adam. God took Jesus and formed the new believer. We are made of Jesus' stuff. Hmm? Why? For good works. Which God prepared beforehand. It is his fault. Huh? It's not yours, it's his for you to execute. So me now, I'm just a dreamer. I've decided I dream and I start. Put out the foot, first foot out and allow things to lubricate and fabricate behind myself. I just walk. Okay, number one is what? Identity. Number two is purpose. Let me, put, let me stroke the purpose, stroke vision. You see, vision is when you see the purpose. I don't know whether you understood. Vision is when your eyes open to see the purpose. Purpose without vision. Vision is when my eyes open to see why I'm here. Number three, desire. Because you see, I found I may know who I am. I may even find out what I am here for. But until I ignite the passion of desire and say, God, what I have seen is good and I want it. Hmm. What I have seen is good and I want it. I want to go for it. Desire. The fire of the soul is desire, my friends. In the Bible, there are many guys who saw seeing is not enough. You must add desire because sometimes what God shows you is terrifying. And your soul just capitulates and goes into confusion. Isaiah saw the Lord exalted. And he, whoa, 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 my mouth. He went into introspective self-destruction. My mouth, I dwell amongst the people who are terrible. And my mouth is... And now God has to intervene again and bring... A... <laughs> How many of you have seen stuff and you have collapsed under your own vision? You know? <laughs> 
And you begin to realize how you can't even start. And you reason yourself out of it. <laughs> hmm? There's got to be desire, my friend. You see, Peter, Paul, Paul on the road to Damascus, he saw a vision and went blind. He now needed someone to take him. <laughs> Sometimes after God has shown you something, you say, ay, 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 ay. You become blind. <laughs> Daniel testifies that. Uh, when he saw this vision, Daniel 10, 7, when he saw it, the Bible says, all strength left him. <laughs> that is not the purpose of the vision, but it is the impact. And so after we have seen, we need to go past the vision and find, yes, God, I want this. I want this. I say yes to what I have seen. I say yes to it. I'm passionate about it. Guys, I'm sorry I've preached too long. <laughs> One of those Sundays. <laughs> Come on. Daniel saw it, and he lost strength. And the angel had to come recover him. All these guys saw God, and they were finished. Ezekiel saw God, and he fell down like a dead man. God comes and tells him, get up, Ezekiel, get up! And the guy's like, finding his legs. Like, get up, I need to speak to you. Recover! <laughs> From what you have seen. Because we need to have a conversation. And I need you to engage what I've so showed you. You need to say yes to this thing. If I perish, I perish. If it kills me, it kills me. But I say yes to it. Yeah? This is, these guys are, have been seeing stuff. And uh, when, when uh, uh, I mean, when Mary saw, was, saw the angel, angel told her, you're going to become pregnant. She said, how shall it be? I know no man. Confusion. The first response to vision is normally confusion yeah. and bewilderment. Zechariah saw the Lord uh, when the Lord said, Your wife is going to. She said, How? Oh, look at me, I'm an old man. Yeah. Everything has shut down. He right. right. said, Some of us have never said yes to the vision. Have you said yes? Number one is identity, number two is purpose, number three is passion and desire. Yes, Lord. I say yes. Number four is faith. Hmm? Because desire, desire has a limit. Faith. This being convinced by God. And you see, friends, recently I redefined faith in my head. Faith is less about, is, it's less about you priming yourself and going, I'm going to believe, I'm going to believe, I'm going to believe, I'm going to believe. No, no, no. It's not about you priming yourself and trying to energize yourself. Faith is automatic. Yeah. Huh? <laughs> when you are in the right spot, it just shows up. Let me read the sentence I wrote. Faith is built on identity inspired by purpose, ignited by vision, and activated by desire. Let me say that again. Because it comes from up there. Let me tell you, friend. When you are a hammer, you are a hammer. You don't need faith that a nail will go into the wood. It is an identity issue. This keyboard does not worry. Oh my God! On Sunday will I create sounds? They are built into it. It's an identity issue. So when it is touched, it will naturally produce what it was created to produce. Faith, when you find you, faith should show up because it is driven. I said faith is built on identity. 
First of all, you cannot believe stuff you are not. Ah, you cannot. You will struggle to believe God. But when I am who, where I'm standing, where I should be, faith is within my identity. Secondly, it is inspired by purpose. What I am and what I'm here to do. So when God says to Noah, build me an ark, <laughs> how do you build an ark? When no one has ever built a boat, no one has ever built an ark that will carry however many species, but this is Noah. He is the deliverer of the earth. All the wood in the world is his. All the nails are his. And when the ark is ready, he says, elephants, enter. Now you go try calling elephants. They will chase you, in fact, because you are not Noah. Faith is built on identity inspired by purpose and ignited by vision and activated by desire. My Lord. My Lord. It's a nuclear thing. When the chemistry begins, when the reaction begins, some of you have been there. You know what it's like on that day when you say, boom, I'm going to do this. Then suddenly, you meet the right people, you make the right calls, then the money shows up. Things fall in place. And at the end of the day, you say, oh my God, how did I do that? I want to do it again. I want it was a chain reaction. It has a chain reaction. I'm closing, friends. You see, faith comes when all these ingredients are there in sequence. And some of us run out of faith because we don't know who we are. Some of us run out of faith because we know who we are, but we don't know why we are. And some of us run out of faith because we have not seen and we have not embraced, we have not said yes to what he said. Timing is the last one. When the moment has come, timing. And timing has brackets. Number one, there are seasons of the earth. There are seasons of the earth. They are nothing to do with you. They've got nothing to do with you. Like Joseph, poor Joseph is born in the... Let me finish with this. Joseph is born in the house of... Um, of what? Who was his father? Jacob. And even the moment he's born, declarations are going forth. Court of many colors. Call of God on this young man. Hmm? Joseph, call of God is on him. And he doesn't know really. He's just a dreamer. But... He is the breadbasket of the earth. That little boy is the feeding of the nations. That is his identity. That is his purpose. He was born to deliver the earth from starvation. <laughs> that is who he is. Yeah. And a day came. Yeah. When the day arrived, Pharaoh had the dream of seven days, seven years of plenty. Seven years of hunger. When the time bracket starts, there's a time bracket. Everybody said there's a time bracket, yeah? There's a time bracket. Now, in your time bracket, you need to act. In your time bracket, you need to make a move. You need to act. And the, the Bible says there's a time for everything and a time for every purpose under the earth, under the sun. We need to understand COVID time is a time season for the church. There is something in this season that God is saying prophetically we need to wake up
everyone here needs to activate. Now is the time. Now is the time. There are things that belong to you now. My God, I don't even know what's going on in this time. I see weddings everywhere. People are getting married. I'm thinking, eh, eh, it could be marriage time. But I'm not imposing it on you because it depends on who you are. And what your purpose is. And what vision you have seen. And what desire you have. Huh? <laughs> hey, don't say, Pastor, prophesied weddings. Hey, man, I claim mine. No, 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 no. Who are you? Do you know who you are? <laughs> I'm starting a business. Uh, 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 do you know who you are? You know why you are here? What are you? Get the foundations in. Now the seasons make sense. So, it's like a chain reaction. Bang! Once the famine hits, rather once the dream hits, a cascade of events follow. They vomit, the prison vomits Joseph. He is now interpreting the dreams of the king. Now he has been appointed Pharaoh's... Now he is in charge of the food. Now chariots are running around. It all activates in a moment. And it's a chain reaction. Stand to your feet, God's people. I've preached too long. It's a chain reaction. I declare your chain reaction to start right now. Lift up those hands to God. I know I've preached long. <laughs> Lift up those hands. There is a chain reaction ordained for every man and every woman under the sound of this voice. Moments are going to come. Areas that have been recently, there's been a crazy move. Pastor Tony and I will tell you, uh, uh, over the years, let me testify on our behalf, me and the, and the Tongois. Over the years, you see, we've borrowed a lot of money for LCF. During COVID, eh? most of, of those debts were paid off in this season. Yeah? In this season. And you sometimes, God, am I going to be in debt for this church for the rest of my life? Boom, 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 boom. God opened the door and the board sat down and we accessed certain facilities that are being made available for organizations and that whole debt was offloaded. Boom. Uh, 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 the problem is before your moment you are there mourning eh, 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 eh. <laughs> cursing the day you are born lift up your hands and receive what belongs to you in Jesus name father we say yes to activation now for the things that you've declared for us we are asking God that you stretch out your hand in these times we are saying yes to nuclear Christianity we are saying yes to going past critical mass stepping into Christianity, not in small doses, but going past the mark and saying yes to the full package that you are putting into our hands. For everyone here, I pray, Father, that they wake up concerning who they are, wake up concerning why they are here, wake up and see why they are here and step into that level of vision and step into yes, that we say yes to the, to the things you are showing us and then step into faith. And we thank you, Lord, that the time is now. I speak to you guys that the time is now. There's a now season and there's stuff that must activate. So go step into your heart. Find one little thing to do. Find one little thing to do. One call to make. Do something. Step out into something. My God, open the doors of heaven and pour out a blessing upon you. Clap your hands, all you people, if you receive what I'm saying.